This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. I'm not an expert in uh, course management, but we probably think about diseases and we actually get too much rain at times. I remember last year we had about a month or three weeks of nonstop rain and the courses were really hurting from that. I haven't heard a lot of talk about golf and the sustainability of golf. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you guys. Ever since joining the Carbon Almanac, I've brought it up with a few people. And I just played golf with someone last weekend who uh, watches over and takes care of the bird species on our local golf courses. And I had a great conversation with him about what he, he's doing. That, that sounds amazing. I think the goal here is to not lose the golf course, right? All the golf courses and still keep them carbon neutral or, you know, of some sort, right? We, we don't want to lose the game. Um, we don't want to lose the contribution that it makes to the economy, to the lives of people and, you know, just like you, but we also don't want to, we don't want it to hurt the, the environment. So the golf course can be carbon positive and it can be carbon negative. Um, but but I think we need to find the balance, and perhaps we should talk about some of the things that are that are possible with finding the balance bef- between that. Um, Tanya, what do you think? I think um, finding the balance is is necessary. I mean, I don't think it's an option anymore. It isn't something to think about for the future. It's happening now, and for around here, especially with yesterday's news, I was, you know, the the article in the Los Angeles Times talks about golf courses having to decide what is functional grass and what is non-functional grass. And so, you know, I was thinking then, well, if the greens are the most expensive part of the golf course, that the greens would get priority and then the fairway and then the rough would be the, um, I'm assuming, would be the last, uh, lowest on the list. (laughs) But from a player's perspective... Um, you know, how, how does that affect play, do you think, or might affect play? I think, you know, a lot of people talk about, uh, I think it's called Augusta syndrome and the expectation that what we see on TV is what we should expect as amateur golfers every time we go to the golf course. And I think some of the conversation mm. is around, you know, us as individuals realizing that, we have to work with the environment in order in order to mm. keep this game going, right? It's possible that yeah. we won't be able to keep our golf courses in the shape that we prefer them to be if we don't do something about it. Uh, and I know there are a lot of creative mm. solutions going on out in California for water preservation. But yeah, part of it's realizing that every day I try to leave the course better than I found it. Uh, and I don't know. I, I feel like just being out there and seeing how the yeah. golf course changes allows you to have a lot more respect for the environment and everything we have to do to manage. Yeah, thinking on that, I mean, in that line, from some of the research that, that I did, I mean, one of the things that are critical to achieving this is like, really finding out what kind of grass works for the environment, right? Because if it's not the actual type of grass that works properly for the environment, it's going to take, you know, it's going to take time to dry up. 
um, it's going to require a lot of maintenance, a lot of watering, a lot of, it's just going to be high on maintenance. So I think replacing the hard to maintain grass with the one that really works with the kind of soil and the weather conditions in the environment would, would be great as well. Um, because the golf course is not just, it's not just hurting the environment. It can be a force for good as well. When it's not maintained as much, when we find ways to, you know, they're probably like electrical, you know, mowing, uh, stuff that can be used for the grass. And so when we combine all that effort, then we can make the golf course to be carbon positive, right? Instead of hurting the environment, then it's protecting the environment. So I think it's possible. We can preserve the game, the integrity of the game and the players and still have it be a force for good. Um, it just has to be a concern enough. And I think that golfers also kind of like need to be educated on what this is about, right? Just like you said, the way you see on TV doesn't necessarily you know, matter when it comes to reality because when it comes to reality, then your environment is at play, the environmental conditions there, the kind of soil that is there um, is, is really important as well. So those are my thoughts around it. I don't play golf. There are not a lot of <laughs> golf courses in Nigeria. There's probably one here in the entire state. There's just one. And then we, we just see horses there every single time. And it's so expensive to go play there. So I just, I keep my money and then <laughs> I do something else with it, right? The only time I ever play golf is on my phone. <laughs> yeah, I just play golf on my phone. But I, I like it. it. It seems like a really cool thing to, to do. I mean, interesting story. I got a golf ball as a gift from an uncle sometime when I was, I mean, I was younger. I, I think I sold the ball <laughs> to another friend for some money. <laughs> so uh, I don't have a history of playing golf, um, but it's enjoyable. I see how it's being played on TV. And of course, I know Tiger Woods. So, <laughs> yeah. To your point, Olabanji and Tanya, like when I, I was just walking the course two days ago and I was seeing all of this beautiful fescue grass coming up on the sides because it's starting to, mm. they're letting that grow now. And really even places with water, we need to make decisions on how much of the course are we going to mow? How much of the course are we going to yeah. preserve for natural habitats and that kind of thing. And it's, it's the same priorities uh, that we're setting with, with courses that have water stress or don't have enough water and I just prefer the golf courses that go along with the natural landscapes. There, are, I've played on a lot of man-made. Like you can tell that all the ponds are are not natural, yeah. and there's nothing living in them. And I just prefer having all the animals and birds around. It just makes the sport so much more enjoyable. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, 
To join the movement and to order your copy of The Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.